Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Time to groove with Groovy with an all-time great Razorback quarterback. Takes it, cuts inside to the 10 to the 5, he'll score. Touchdown. Win Groovy, showing the great athletic ability, did it his way. Current Razorback broadcast analyst Quinn Groby. Groovin' with Groby is brought to you by Bell & Sward at 1011 Oak Street in Conway. From boots to suits, they have everything for the best-dressed man. Now, let's groove. Let's groove tonight. Hello, Mr. Groby. What's going on, sir? How are you? Buddy, I'm uh, excited about the bye week, and I'm hoping that it's productive for the Razorbacks. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be productive. Uh, you're, you're working on some new things, and, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very productive for uh, this football team and, and uh, what they're trying to accomplish down the stretch. Give me, give me your thoughts, and I know you may not have a ton of insight on exactly how it all went down, but do you think it was contentious with Enos and Coach Pittman? Uh, no, I don't think so. And that's just from my 50,000 foot view. You right. know, I'm not in the meeting room with them, but I do not believe it was contentious. I, I believe that when you have a good relationship with somebody, it's, 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 uh, it's easier to have that, that difficult conversation. Be like, Hey man, look, it's really not working. I thought it was going to work. It's not working. And the fact that Sam pulled the plug at this point in time, I mean, that says a lot. I mean, that says a lot. I mean, you've got a guy that's been – you've been on the staff with before. You've actually worked for this guy. You brought him back, and uh, things just didn't work out. So I don't think it's contingent. I, look, I, I think anybody who has any type of football knowledge can see that the offense was not producing at the level that everybody thought. And I think that if you felt like – I mean, I think most people feel like – if you had an offense that was really, you know, not even hitting on all cylinders, but just being much more of an impact that you would have had a, a three, four more wins. And so uh, that's just kind of what people are looking at right there, I think. But, uh, you know, Dan leaving, uh, Sam, Sam made the decision, made the tough decision. And I'll still go back and say, when you have a good, a good relationship with people, sometimes you got to make a decision and just say, look, man, it's not working out. Uh, let's talk about Kenny Guyton. Let's turn the page now. And you are a guy who I have seen as a great play caller as a former quarterback, but that's on PlayStation. <laughs> I don't know how it would go in real life. Uh, Quinn, by the way, don't let him ever, ever try to talk you into a bet on a PlayStation game. You will lose money. It is no fun at all. It is miserable. I had one of the longest nights of my life on a PlayStation with Quinn. Anyway, all that aside, Kenny Guyton obviously played quarterback, and so, again, he's got a special understanding of what – a quarterback goes through, but how do you think this transition will go for him? Well, I mean, that's the million dollar question. I don't know. Uh, I think when you look at Kenny Guyton, he's a guy that is looking at this as a great opportunity. I mean, how many times do you get an opportunity to be an SEC offensive coordinator? And so I'm sure he's chomping at the bit. Uh, you know, him having that quarterback perspective, I think really helps. And I think him working with Kendall Browse. Uh, will give him a mindset of what they're trying to do, and I think that'll help out KJ. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, like I said, are upset about the whole Enos thing, but, you know, at the beginning of the season, I think everybody was really excited about it, or at least I was from the standpoint, and I know KJ was too, about, okay, how can I really transform myself into what people would see as an NFL quarterback? You know, we talked about the pocket. We talked about, you know, pre-snap stuff. We talked about, 
uh, you know, identifying the mic and, and uh, working through coverages and all those types of things. That's the, that's the kind of stuff that Dan was really teaching KJ to get him prepared for that. And, and I, I look at it like, like Harold Perkins at LSU. You know, Brian Kelly talked about how, hey, you know, he may be one of the best pass rushers in the country, but what we're trying to do is develop this guy to be in the NFL because he's a little undersized guy. But at the end of the day, the guy can get to the quarterback. And so are you going to develop him or are you trying to win football games? And I think that that's what he had to wrestle with. And so I think that that's one of the things that, you know, Sam had to wrestle with too. I mean, you know, Dan Enos from, from that perspective has put a lot of guys in the NFL. I mean, his track record is proven in regards to the guys that he's coached that's been in the NFL. So I think that KJ was looking at that, feeling comfortable about that. But if your productivity is not where you want it to be to give you that opportunity, then you got to go, okay, all right, let's figure out how we're going to get productive. So hopefully uh, Kenny Guyton coming in will be able to go a little faster, uh, take a few more shots, although you've got to block it up. But I think the biggest thing that he'll do is sit down with KJ and say, okay, what, what have we done in the past that you really, really like? Mm -hmm. And when you can kind of figure that out, uh, now it's time to go. Because when you have a quarterback – who can retain that information, and K.J. can. I mean, even though he's learned a new offense, and I don't expect Kenny Guyton to come in and scrap everything that Dan Enos did because it's too late in the game. But I do believe that if you have a quarterback and you have those one-on-one -on -one conversations with him, what do you like? Okay, now let's talk about how we're going to communicate this to the team. And so uh, that, that's, a, that's a big plus. So I think K.J. will be able to revert back really, really quickly, and then it's all about how do you get everybody else on the same page, but I, I expect them to be much better. Even though you're going to Florida, you've had a tough time in Florida. That'd be Kenny Guyton's first time. Mm. Um, so it's all about it's all about what are you doing in preparation. You're switching gears. You're going from the quarterback, or the wide receiver room to the quarterback room. So it's a whole different kind of conversation you're having. And now you're looking at the entire offense and not just the wide receiver group. Mm. And so th that can be a challenge. But it feels like Sam had the right mindset with the people in his building. I mean, you know, moving Kenny Guyton over and then Derek Keith, who has had some some coaching experience. So we'll see how it works. But it will be uh, it'll be something worth watching for sure because you, you just don't know how people are going to respond, especially when you get in those situations where it's third and seven, mm -hmm. fourth and one. You know, what right. are you going to do? And so that, Quarterback those are snake. the things that you're looking at. I'll help. <laughs> uh, Quinn Grovey yeah. joining us on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's brought to you by our friends at Bell & Sward up in Conway. Um, as a non-play caller, I would also love to see, and I think we talked about it before, the tight ends you know, involved a little bit more because we've only seen a small sample size, but every time Washington touches it, something good happens. And, again, you got to factor in the yeah. blocking and all that kind of thing, and I know that's been an issue for some of the running backs also. And then Gums, you know, again, prolific pass catcher at North Texas his last year, comes in, and when they've thrown it to him, good things have happened. Do you think that's part of the mix? 100%. I think that that's where they were heading with, with Haas. I mean, I thought he was really starting to emerge as maybe KJ's go-to guy right? Uh, and big play guy. And so with him leaving uh, or being hurt, you know, Washington was able to step in really, really fast against LSU, caught five balls on their first drive. And But, yeah, I, I, think the, I think Washington and Gums can be guys that can help you out. But I think the thing that they've got to really be looking at is how do we stretch the field? But when we try to stretch the field – what does that protection look like? Because they tried to throw the football deep a couple of times last week. Mississippi State was just like feast or famine. We're coming for you. We don't care what you're doing. Uh, I, and so they put them in a bad spot and were able to sack KJ a couple of times. But 
when you throw it deep, you know, how, how do you really uh, maximize that? Because I think that that takes pressure off. So when you're running, when you're going fast, you limit substitutions. And so you get a chance to see what their base defense is. And so I think that that was one of the, the things that a lot of people don't talk about is that aspect of it. Because I, I think you, when you go fast, you have an opportunity to put the defense in a bad spot. But you also have a, an opportunity to go three and out really, really quickly. Um, so those are the things that you have to manage. But I expect the tight ends to be a part of it. But I think you, I think the guy that's got to be a part of it, he's the fastest guy pretty much on the team is Satania. Mm-hmm. And whether or not he's even catching the football, He's what we call a coverage dictator, and that safety is going to have to be over the top, or somebody he's going to run straight past them. So, uh, being able to have a guy out there like that that's dynamic, uh, I think will help, and I think that's going to help the offensive line as well because when you're stretching the defense, those safeties have to stay back just a little bit, and that may give you an opportunity to try to create some type of run game. Quinn, I have my theory. I want to get your theory. What happened to the offense that we saw score 30-something points against BYU, 30-something points against LSU? Uh, you know, I, you know, KJ was Superman, pretty much. I mean, that's the thing. It felt, I don't, you know, even though we scored 30 points in those games, it felt like everything was hard. It just felt like everything was very, very difficult. You had to pull a rabbit out of your hat. Mm. You, you have, you know, several third downs, and you've got to try to figure out how to convert. There was nothing – There's there has not been anything easy for this offense, and that's why I've, I've talked about chunk plays. How do you create plays that's going to allow your offense to get easy yards and easy points? And Arkansas is at the bottom of the league in chunk plays. That's 20 yards or more. And so you've got to find a way to do it. It's hard to go in the SEC 16 plays for 75 yards on a consistent basis. And I, I just think that uh, finding ways when you're struggling to get easy touchdowns really helps you out because your defense has really been carrying the load. Last week, Mississippi State blitzed their linebackers a lot. When you blitz your linebackers, the middle of the field's open. But yet, Arkansas never targeted the middle of the field that often. Why, why not? What, what, what's holding them back from using the middle of the field? Well, that's a good question. I mean, they, they, they've run a couple of RPO schemes right behind the linebackers. Alabama kind of stopped it. Like, before the Alabama game, I was thinking that was really our best play up until that point. Alabama did a nice job against it. So that, that may be something that you'll continue to see. Um, but you've also got to have somebody who can work the middle of the field that you trust. Because anytime you throw that ball in the middle of the field, if it's not caught, you're asking for trouble. Hmm. And so I get it. I understand I understand it, but I think the biggest thing is that nobody's necessarily uh, afraid of the run game the way they used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and so, and then when you start losing confidence in the run game, then that you start losing confidence in everything that you do to, to build off of that. And so as an offensive coordinator, you set your base, you understand what you want to do. People know we're going to be run heavy. And so everything we do off of that, gives us an opportunity to throw the football right behind it. So I think people are now saying, hey, you know, maybe we don't have to overcommit. We know that we know that slant route or that dig is coming behind us. Uh, let's just stay back and, and try to figure out and make them make it very rarely do you hear make an Arkansas football team run the ball. But I think that that's where a lot of teams are. You know, we have talked about this on multiple occasions, Quinn. It frustrates me, and it's understandable because people are focused on the the outcomes, and I get that. But the defense probably, and Travis Williams specifically, does not get enough credit. You know, we've heard Dan Enos' name a thousand times this year, and Coach Williams has been mentioned maybe 20. So 
Uh, I hope it's not lost on anybody that there's some special things happening over there. And, again, the personnel is not significantly better from year to year. They've had some of their key guys out through the season, but they've been they've shown up every Saturday and played pretty solid football. Yeah, they have. I mean, you, I mean, you think about that Alabama game. They had a lot of people out. And Travis Williams dialed up a great game plan. Now, they gave up a couple of, you know, your busted coverages sure. and things like that that really, you know, opened the game up. And, you know, they've made some mistakes like that, but not a whole lot. This defense has been very opportunistic. Travis Williams has done a fantastic job, and he hadn't complained about who he has or who he doesn't have. He's just put together a great game plan every single week. And this defense has really played well enough for you to win a whole lot more football games. And I think that that's really what they're thinking down the stretch. I mean, I'm not going to wait. I mean, Sam is smart. I'm not going to wait. I'm going to figure it out, and we're going to see if, if we can go ahead and try to go on a run and uh, try to get to a bowl game. That's going to be very, very difficult with the teams that you got to play. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that's the mindset. But Travis Williams deserves a ton of credit, and that defensive staff has been really, really good. Over on the Southern Structural Solutions text line, someone's asking me, uh, how long has this wide receiver coach been around? What can you tell us about the new wide receiver coach? Uh, you know, he's a guy that, and I can't remember where he actually was an offense, excuse me, a, a wide receivers coach. He, it was a smaller school, but he came from Alabama. He played at Alabama, uh, and he's on this staff, and he came here basically attached with Dan Enos, but he's a, he was a wide receiver at Alabama. Uh, he was an assistant coach at a smaller school for like a year. So he's been able to be in the room and try to find a way to, to get uh, and coach guys and, and deliver the game plan. So that that's really helpful when you start going in and you change your role really, really quickly. So uh, he's played at a high level. He's been under Nick Saban. He's been under Dan Enos over there. But uh, he's a guy that's won. Uh, I think he's a part of a national championship team as well. So um, I think the guys will really respond to him. Uh, because anytime you can talk about what you've done in the past and uh, you've won some championships, uh, guys will listen to you a little bit more, and I think Derek Keith will be able to, to help them get on board. Quinn, thank you for the time, my friend. Thanks to Bell and Sward, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Enjoy your weekend off, my friend. I'm sure you're going to have a chance to chill and uh, catch some ball games this weekend. You got anything on the radar? Not, nothing. Nothing. Perfect. I'm just going to kick back and watch everything and uh, – Act like a fan. This is my tailgate weekend, and that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Enjoy it. Thank you, Quinn. All right, fellas.